This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, this is Sharmila Ganesan and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, an interview with Deputy Youth and Sports Minister Adam Adli. First, we look at initiatives for young people within Budget 2023. A reminder to take full advantage of it since we are midway through the year. And then we look ahead at the state elections of Pakatan Harapan hopes to court the youth vote. Do you have questions for Adam Adli? You can call 77332900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U mobile number 018789899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and as mentioned, we have in the studio with us Deputy Youth and Sports Minister Adam Adli. Uh, good to have you with us, Adam. Hi, good evening, Sharad. Good evening, Shamila. Thank you for having me today. It's been a while. <laughs> yes, it has. Um, let's start with um, the sort of outreach that the government's right. been doing to understand the specific struggles that Malaysian youth have, uh, particularly when it comes to finances. Right, of course. Um, we've, we have to acknowledge that uh, there's a certain... Um, we, we, we always look into how much we needed to do when it comes to increasing the awareness, uh, especially among the youth in terms of their financial management. And this not necessarily uh, be the responsibility of only one or two ministries. Uh, should have been done by several ministries all at once. Um, we've seen how much, um, especially the young people uh, who've fallen into bankruptcy, especially in the past few years uh, due to the COVID uh, difficulties and challenges they face economically. So hence why we are now looking at few measures taken by the government, especially post-budget, uh, as early as 1st of March, um, even though uh, we have yet to uh, you know, um, amend the Insolvency Act, but we have already delisted uh, almost 100 over thousands uh, of um, defaulters. Uh, those who've listed under the insolvency, uh, uh, for them to have a second chance at themselves. And um, of course, the main agency on this would normally be the AKPK. Um, and now we are looking at um, the uh, active, um, the active um, measures, initiative by the AKPK through uh, personal financial management modules or subjects uh, being now taught uh, as a credit uh, bearing um, uh, modules in few, at least 39 uh, high institutions. So this can actually be you know, uh, expanded to many other, not just um, education institutions, but also, of course, um, many other uh, uh, many other part of the society. Um, how about those who may not be uh, in the institutions, how about those who may not be part of uh, the active socialization mechanism? Uh, those who may needed it more than just those who are actually in the institutions. So I believe um, we need to approach this matter uh, by having an uh, by having a few more initiatives uh, that will be taken by many other ministries. Uh, 
So it's you've very meant- difficult, of course. <laughs> it's not easy. And in fact, even at the Ministry of Youth and Sport, we have been tasked uh, previously with uh, making sure there's certain uh, there's an initiative uh, to increase uh, financial literacy among the youth uh, through many uh, through many uh, programs, not just um, the one that we can always reach out to, you know, through the uh, youth councils and uh, institutions under us, but also through. Many, many other means. Uh, we have to be a bit more creative. And yeah. So now in your outreach, uh, you mentioned uh, financial literacy, bankruptcy is one of the co- uh, issues. Or what have you found to be the other major concerns among youth? I think um, most of the time would still be about getting out of the economic challenge now being faced by them with the, um, the problem of wage and stagnant wage as well as um, the job market is not very it's not very attractive at the moment and most of the youth these day would normally bring themselves nearer to the uh, much more flexible job market like the gig economy and all so it's very it's they are moving further and further away from our more conventional um, job uh, market so how do we implement certain uh, how do i say this uh, how do we implement a certain system that can can be beneficial for them uh, when they are not part of this so let's give for example like like i said earlier the gig economy they're not most of the time um, they they love the flexibility of it uh, there's a instant uh, money in it but uh, not necessarily, not necessarily, you be able to, you know, have some security for your future. So, how do we help them in this area? So that will be one of many things that we have found through our, you know, many roundtable sessions, town halls, and all. I mean, from time to time, of course, it's not. There's nothing. There's not much that we can do. I mean, we are not the ministry who are taking care of the uh, economic uh, sector. But, of course, our stakeholders are out there. There are over 10 million youth uh, that we have to listen to, we have to cater to, we have to be able to represent them, and we have to be able to, you know, understand their interests and bring it to the different ministries uh, in charge. So this is where uh, I believe uh, that the role of the Ministry of Youth as well uh, to look into uh, is there any kind of um, ideas out there that might that might be beneficial for them I mean sometimes uh, I, I remember that we've had uh, this one or two sessions with, um, with those in the TVET industry for example uh, I mean they're not very worried about um, they're, they're not very worried about the, uh, the the available jobs for them, but they are quite worried about whether or not there will be some future security for them. So yes, we have to address the, this matter at the very least. So based on the stuff that you've been talking about broadly, I think many of the measures that are offered 
can be put into two separate categories. Yep. On the one hand, alleviating existing financial concerns, things like debt, uh, offering mm-hmm. financial, uh, and the other being offering financial assistance to build a career. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first, right? What mm-hmm. are some of the key initiatives that are available for young people who might be facing difficulties with the rising cost of living? With the rising cost of living, first we have to understand that um, there's a there are two ways uh, to approach this matter. We ha- we cannot run away from the problem, uh, the root cause of the problem, which is the macroeconomy of it. Uh, the macroeconomy of it must be solved not just through all these um, smaller initiatives initiated by um, ministry like the youth and sport, but we have to look at the EPU, we have to look at the MOF and all. And of course, the government is doing uh, as much as possible in addressing today, even today, uh, the Prime Minister has announced in the morning um, initiative, uh, Economy Madani. Uh, it's all about how do we, you know, making sure that um, the people can catch up with the current uh, growth of our economy. I mean, we can be a bit, I mean, we can always be, we can always talk about uh, the economy at the macro level, but how how do we translate it into the income of the people and all? Uh, then we can also look into a few soft approach. Uh, awareness is one, uh, but then how about um, making sure there are certain platforms where a lot more things can be explored. Uh, we need to lay some foundation to it. Uh, hence why we can also look into uh, initiatives like, for example, the IPI initiative, Pendapatan um, Rakyat. I mean, some people might have criticism against it, like, isn't it too... Isn't it too small of an effort by the government to just provide people with vending machines. But don't you think that sometimes in tackling the macro problem, the macro, um, uh, in tackling uh, the problem at the macro level, we still have to address certain point at micro levels. And this is where, this is where the two combined efforts uh, um, takes place. Uh, and I hope that we can also appreciate um, the efforts by the government, especially in in um, especially as announced by the prime minister this morning, on on getting some huge number of um, especially the young people um, to have some sense of okay, there will at least be a few efforts taken, measures taken by the government in addressing the problem right now. Uh, like I said earlier, as for the we cannot stop people from. Um, having different choices of job I mean when we talk about uh, making sure this uh, making sure that the young people especially um, to take up jobs that can be deemed as high income but we have to we have to acknowledge the fact that not everyone would actually go through that um, process of getting there I mean as for example if you want to talk about being professionals where people can actually earn uh, a bit more compared to the normal everyday job out there, uh, there are only 20 to 30% of people, uh, school leavers, for example, who actually attend universities where they can obtain their degrees and, you know, go out there and 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 um, earn more compared to the average. Uh, but how about those uh, 70%? So there were, these were um, the measures taken by the uh, measures taken by the government right now uh, is it, there to address this problem. Let's begin with, uh, for example, the um, the uh, the commitment um, to expand 
the social security uh, and uh, through EPF and, and SOXO to the gig workers and all. So this is where we try to do something about it. Um, and in, in, in increasing uh, at least the income of most of these earners, uh, I believe that we have uh, to also address this problem. The, the, the problem is high living costs. Living cost is high. Um, while we are striving to, while we are striving to increase the wage, but we also have to be able to control the cost of living at, at the very least. So this is where the macroeconomy should 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 look into on how do we maybe um, try to control on our import and all, uh, for that matter. We'll be back after this for more with Deputy Youth and Sports Minister Adam Adli. If you have questions for him, you can send those through. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. And keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Begin Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 6.20, you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And in the studio with us today, Deputy Youth and Sports Minister Adam Adli, uh, talking us through uh, things that are in Budget 2023 for young people. Mm. Um, and uh, we, we've closed off earlier when you were talking about initiatives for rising cost of living. Let's talk about bankruptcy, which is something oh. that um, has been worrying Malaysians for some time. Um, although the numbers have dropped from 22.5% yep. uh, to 13.5% last year, um, how will immediate discharge for these cases help? And in general, what else is there to support youth who have faced serious debt or bankruptcy? Well, in the first place, we have to look at the, um, the, very, the very first step taken by the government, which is to, you know, to basically delease uh, over 100 over hundred thousand over of, of um, those who've been listed um, as bankrupt uh, is the second chance. Uh, so have, we have identified that one of uh, the main contributors uh, would be the fight, personal loans, for example, for the past two years uh, among the young people, among the, you know, uh, below, those below the, of, of the age of 40. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, then followed with a few others, credits and, and of course, housing and, and higher purchase. Um, but uh, given the second chance, um, it, will it be enough to just give a second chance without a certain measure taken to help them not being trapped in the same cycle of problem again? Uh, so this is where I think, uh, especially for the young people, uh, we have to start uh, having uh, a conversation about financial literacy. I mean, like I said earlier, uh, at the Ministry of Youth and Sport, of course, um, uh, we wish that we can, we can have, I mean, we wish that we can do more, but uh, our role will still be about uh, making sure there are programs uh, for the youth, uh, soft approach in making sure that uh, our stakeholders uh, at least are being prepared uh, to not fall into the same problem, to have a better literacy at financial management. And this can be done through programs. So now that we have, uh, for example, we have uh, Rakan Muda, which aims at about 1 million young people. So this is one of the avenues, one of the channels that we can use uh, 
uh, we introduced uh, uh, one of the lifestyle that we've introduced, the Rakanyaga and as well as Rakan Prihatin and all. These, uh, these very lifestyles are designed to make sure that we can address this matter using the South approach. Um, like I said, again, I, as I said earlier, um, uh, there are certain limitations to what we can do at the Ministry of Youth and Sport. Uh, and uh, but there are also many other creative ways in for us to tackle this problem. So this, how we we look into this matter at the moment. Yeah. So I, w- I want to ask you about that because it does seem that uh, the, the other side of it is, you know, how do you help young people build businesses or mm. a career? How do you deal with upskilling? Can you tell us about what the oh, ministry yeah, yeah. is doing? Of course, that? we have TVET under us. We have at least twenty-two institutions, uh, the IKBN. And uh, from time to time, we always uh, the first I, we remember. I remember that the first week uh, when we first assumed uh, the ministry, uh, among many things, would be that for us to um, to relook to look into the modules offered by the AKBN. We cannot be continuously offer the similar programs. Uh, that I mean, it was started in 1964. Can you imagine how much has changed now? Uh, so now we are looking at more. Uh, future-proof modules and subjects to be taught in IKBN. I was, I'm very proud that, for example, I went to Kamasi in Terengganu, where um, despite it being, you know, at the southeast, where people would expect it to be more oil and gas and all, but instead they start teaching multimedia and, um, and uh, hospitality. Uh, and these are the new approach that we have to, we have, these are the new approach that we took. Uh, we also have a few new subjects uh, where they will definitely be able to find themselves in the job market uh, with the uh, employability at the moment. IKBN employability at the moment is average at 96%, which is very high. So it's just a matter of whether or not um, you be able uh, to find a spot there, which is also free. So these the things that we are currently doing. Uh, and let's hope that it will happen. Well, on that point, actually, do we have uh, data? How many young people have already participated in these programs? Um, mm. How many has it assisted? Yeah, well, if you, uh, if in under IKBN alone uh, at the moment, we have about, uh, let me check. Um, under the IKBN alone, our, we have st- close to, where is it now? Yeah, uh, in 2022, we have close to 10,000 um, mm. uh, students under the program with, like I said earlier, 96% of employability. They will always find themselves at the job, in the job market where they will always um, also find themselves to earn, um, of course, more than just, uh, more than just a minimum wage. Uh, a very, a very significant number of uh, them, of the um, of the graduates from the IKBN, as for example, uh, one in Perlis, they find themselves, um, uh, they find a lot of jobs in the uh, marine technology, uh, in the marine sector, uh, where it was the only one that offers uh, marine technology subject. So it's they they get paid in US dollar. So it's just a matter of. Uh, how do we get them to to be aware that this is one of many options that you have that can help yourself in the future, that can have that way you can earn uh, better because you are now considered as skilled workers. 
So it's a matter of you know, getting skills. Now, oh, there's some criticism maybe that uh, accessibility is an issue. So what efforts uh, have been made to ensure that pro- programs that you know your ministry uh, runs are accessible and easy to use for people who need them? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, uh, first, uh, if we are to talk about um, what we have discussed earlier about, uh, for example, uh, programs that can help them uh, in earning which is obviously uh, through our uh, training centres that provide them with skills and and, and uh, certificates that can allow them to earn more. It's quite actually it's quite easy. Uh, at the moment, we have so we have problem at the enrolment. We still have uh, a lot of um, institutions that need, I mean places need to be to, to be filled. But most of the time, people will not look into people will not look into this. Uh, matter this this area. people actually complain about uh, sports um i we cannot i mean i have to i i think i have to address this um at the moment we have two separate grants that can be accessed uh, by anyone now um yes i would acknowledge that most of the time people will say that most of these grants can only be accessed by much more established uh, associations, especially sports associations. Um, but now we have one, the Dana Sukan community, where you can always apply for it uh, online. Um, the The process is very simple, and you do not even need to, you do not even need approval from from the HQ. You you can just deal with the um, state level um, uh, Department of Sports and Youth. And then we also have the Grand Padanan uh, matching grant for sports, uh, where if you have already basically um, organized a sports event, uh, just apply, and then we will basically reimburse you uh, some amount. Yeah, so it's much more accessible. It's one click away. You can always access the website, and it's open for everyone. I think we've made the process very simple. We've addressed this problem since many months ago, actually. We're with Deputy Youth and Sports Minister Adam Adli. We'll be back after this. If you have questions, send them through and keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.